Wired access. Yeah. Wired access. We'll do it live! Do it live! Hi, my name is Ruby Mason. I'm in the graduating class of 2022. Omaha Scud Jr. Ruby Malin committed to Washington to play softball. Ninety-two player number sixty-six Ruby Malin. So they're going to put on Ruby Malin an intentional walk. She's a Washington commit. This is an elite player, and the DP and the cleanup hitters, the champions, the hardware, the Nebraska gold. They win it. Wired Access. We'll do it live! Welcome to Wired Access, where you have myself, Kendall Wickwire. We have the owner of Wired Training Center, Brian Southworth. And today we have the University of Washington softball commit, Omaha Scut, standout softball player, who also plays on the Nebraska Gold National Team, Ruby Malin. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, well, you know, it's a Monday to me, which means it always goes bad in the business world. But in the interview world, it goes great when you get to bring on someone that has so many connections with the softball world. And what I mean by that is you're going halfway across the country Mm -hmm. to play the sport that you love. What drove you to the University of Washington over all the universities that are right around you? Um, I would say the coaching staff was a big part of it. They made me feel at home. And I remember the first day I talked to them on September 1st when recruiting opened up. They, like, wanted to meet my family right away, and they made sure, like, they weren't going to offer me until I'd been on campus and, like, knew it was the place for me. Like, they just took into account, like, me as a person rather than just me as a player, and that was a big part of it. So did you make any other visits other than Washington. I couldn't because of COVID. So, like, I had to go. Usually you'd get five officials, but I didn't. I just had to take one unofficial because with, like, COVID, you couldn't take them. It was a dead period all that time. So I just took a visit with my family. So that was my only one. So, of course, you went through a time period that many didn't. Mm-hmm. When you look at the COVID time of your life and what it did or didn't do for you what would be something that was a positive that came out of it and what would be something that you wish you could have back well there wasn't a lot of positives really because like honestly like a lot of coaches well like okay what what, that would have been my sophomore going into junior year summer with they no coaches could come to any games at all so like basically everything recruiting was online or through like Twitter or sports recruits. That's and that's got to be your biggest, for softball, that's got to be your biggest year, right? Like yeah, sophomore, summer. Yeah, going into yeah, junior go, year because yeah. recruiting opens up September 1st to your junior year. And so when, when you're talking about this, do you think as a positive or possible positive, it really brought it to where they had to watch more games online and actually dig deep into your tape instead of just going, oh, I saw her play one game or, I mean, this obviously opens up that realm to where coaches have to do a little more digging compared to the previous years. Yeah. And I got lucky cause I went to a lot of camps going up to that. So like any, I think like I started going to camps in seventh grade and I went all over the place. I didn't go to Washington ever. So they, they saw me through recruiting Jordan ball actually, but, um, 
most of the schools that like I already knew were going to be contacting me because I had been to camp there and like they'd seemed pretty interested. So I got lucky, but a lot of girls got kind of like screwed over, like in that sense, they didn't get to be seen at all. They didn't get the exposure. Yeah. And, and so how is it to stay positive knowing what you have earned and what you have worked towards, but knowing that there's other girls that still aren't going to get that experience unless they decide that they got to go a different route and understand that the different route doesn't mean that it's negative. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know about softball like a no baseball, but is the Juco route a thing in softball not, or is it? it there, like it is, but not really. It's, not like baseball. No. Yeah. I mean, you don't really see too many girls jump from junior college softball. No, very into rarely. A good division one program. Most like Juco girls go like, D2, D3, NAI. Okay. Very rarely All right. they go to Division One. And so what do you think your time at SCUD has taught you to help you go forward in going to a university like Washington? Well, I came into SCUD and didn't pitch at all. Like my freshman year, I just hit. And I, I was even playing JV my freshman year, and obviously like I was frustrated with that. I was like, that was, that was just hard for me. But then I had to like – grow up really fast because we had a lot of pitchers my freshman year and I, so that's why I didn't pitch but then my sophomore year all of a sudden I was like a starter and so like I had to just like grow up really fast and learn how to be a leader so I think that helped me a lot well and I like that you brought up this because we just had other coaches that we've talked to and one of the things that they've said is sometimes parents will be in the ear coaches from other school will mm -hmm. get in the kid's ear especially with the experience that you're talking about as a freshman, what do you think and how did you overcome the fact of you could have been the one that goes, I should be, and I know I should be pitching, mm -hmm. to understanding where your place was at that time to boost you to where you are today? Because not every move to another school will guarantee that you would be at University of Washington. Yeah. I just kind of had to realize that I really wasn't that good, and I just had to work my butt off, like – I'd had some brutally honest conversations with some coaches and Brian, well, Brian came later, but we've had some too on like just that I had to work a lot harder than I was. I was working hard, but maybe not working as smart as I should have been. Yeah, one, I mean, one thing you were surrounded by a lot of good players, Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, the Camazin twins, mm -hmm. I think that's how you say it on your, your school team. Yeah. You know, being on the same team with Jordy Ball, I'm mm -hmm. sure that had to kind of motivate you a little bit well, as well. Yeah, and like last summer, um, when Jordy was on my team, obviously she was the number one, but that helped me grow a bunch because I was like competing with her every day. She's the best in the country. Like that's who I was fighting like against, not fighting against, but like fighting for a spot against rather than someone who wasn't very good. I didn't have to try that. I had to work really hard to get time. So when you talk about this, who would be the one person that you could say you relied on to be able to talk these situations through? Because there's no way that a 15, 16, 17-year-old girl that knows that she is growing to the potential that you are today and be okay with that factor of, I have to work harder. Where do you think those conversations, who are those people? Well, one would have been my pitching coach, um, Darren Dubsky. He helped me a lot through that. Like, um, also my both all my club coaches. But then last year, Brian like helped me through that a lot. And what were some things that you think that they said compared to 
what some other kids experienced where they're like, no, go ahead. Well, you're, you're talented enough. Let's go somewhere else. I remember the day that my coaches told me that Jordan was coming to our team. I was a little frustrated. I was like, okay, well, that's awesome, obviously, but like, okay, there goes my spot, right? And one of my coaches pulled me aside and he's like, go like get that, like go work your butt off and try to like be that number one, be there for your team. Like honestly, like whatever you can do to make a difference on this team, you might not be the ace, but like go make a difference with your bat and be the best number two you can be. And then next year, that's you. Like, And then when you went to be a number two with Jordy Ball, what do you think is some things that you took away from her that – and, and were there conversations? Was this something that you felt as a teenager you can have an honest conversation with someone that's there to take your job? Well, we, well, we, ha- we talked a lot, obviously, but, like, I think one thing I learned from her, I, like, just by watching her was, like, how mentally tough she is, and she's just, like, a beast. Like, nothing phased her at all. So I learned a lot from watching and, her. And did you take that into this year and, and yeah. utilize it more than you – you thought what what was like your comfort zone? What made you be able to break yourself to not overthink or over overzealous yourself to become something that you weren't? Well, I just had to like talk through situations in my head a lot. Like I had to learn I'm like really tough on myself, so I had to learn how to like I mean I still am, but I have to like learn how to talk to myself the right way and like talk myself through situations. And then when we look at your softball career, obviously you have a lot of great things going. Is there any other sport that you wish you would have tried just as hard in? (laughs) Um, Honestly, no, I was okay at volleyball, but basketball, I sucked at, I was bad at everything else. And do you think it was just, not doing it enough, too much softball time. I decided pretty young that softball was my sport. Like, I'd, I think I was done with everything else by sixth grade. Like, I quit volleyball in fifth grade, played basketball through sixth, and then I decided that, like, softball was going to take up all my time. And what drove you to softball? <laughs> my friends played it. <laughs> so, like, all my friends played softball, so I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. And then I started, like, getting pretty decent, so then I started playing club, and it just went on from there. Is there any other position besides pitcher that you would much rather do? <laughs> I love pitching. <laughs> no, I've, I mean, I play first base a little bit. I've tried outfield and I'm just bad at it. <laughs> I'm really bad. And then now, are you a pitcher that gets, I don't know all the softball lingo, but, or the rules, but obviously in baseball, a lot of pitchers don't like to hit mm-hmm. in due time. They don't do real great at it. What do you think your hitting style is? Is that something you get to use enough, or is it something where you're kind of getting ready for the college realm where you don't get to do everything? I, I'm going to do both in college. I, as of now, I'm planning on doing both. One thing that it's pretty interesting to say when you started specializing in mm-hmm. like that, that sixth grade, and I think that's contrary to like what a lot of people believe. Like you, you're multi-sports. You got to play multiple sports, but – you know, I, I don't find that true very often and definitely not in your case, you know, so when you decided to go all in a softball, like tell us a little bit about your routine, like how much time you dedicate to it a day. What what's a day in your life look like? Um, so Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I wake up at five and go lift at explosive edge at five forty five, And then I get done at seven, go home, shower, eat breakfast, 
um, get ready for school, go to school, usually come home, take a nap, then come here to Wired, um, do my driveline and pitching stuff, then hit, and then if I have practice, which is like two to three days a week, then I go to practice, and then I give pitching and hitting lessons, so I usually have one or two of those a day, so I'm not home at night for the most part. <laughs> so when you talk about these giving hitting lessons and pitching lessons, what is one of the hardest things that you you've had to deal with when it comes to that? And what do you think comes easy for you? Well, what comes easy is just like the knowledge and stuff. Cause I've had so many great coaches teach me things. And so I just like kind of pass that down. But the hardest thing is like, I'm a really big perfectionist. So like when I see kids like not trying their hardest or like, only pitching with me one day a week, like, you're not going to get any better. So, like, that's the hardest part is trying to motivate young kids because a lot of times it's their parents making them do it. One thing that obviously being in that realm is the hardest conversation is to be the real person mm-hmm. with even a parent. Um, don't ever look at it as a being a negative teacher. Mm-hmm. Look at it as of these people are spending money with you. And because of your heart and your dedication to it, don't lose that aspect of it to make them understand of how important this is yeah what do you think you know giving lessons specifically pitching and and hitting like what do you think that's done for you as a player to be able to teach what you're doing (laughs) that's hard I don't know it's just like I don't it's just like giving back to the game that's like giving me everything pretty much it's just like cool to see younger girls like grow up does it make you think harder, like, when you go to do your own practices or even your own pitching? And, and like, do you think of it differently? Like, because I could tell you, um, athletes that want to be great l- use the teaching tool as something to teach themselves to get better. Mm-hmm. But they don't realize it until they sit down in a moment like this and you really think and go, man, I could relate back to that time when I was having trouble with the coach wanted it here and I couldn't get it there. Mm-hmm. And then I just flip the switch to think of how would I teach someone mm-hmm. to do what this coach is asking me because they're asking me. So have you ever had a surreal moment yet? Well, sometimes I see things that someone like one of my girls is doing and then I like relate it back to myself and I'm like, okay, that like that's me like or like I like let's say they're doing a drill and I'm like they're doing it a specific way and I'm like, that's wrong. But then I, I look back and I'm like, wait, I do it like that too. So like, I kind of notice myself doing the same things they do. And, and when you come to the leadership role that you, you said that you have with your team, what do you think is the easiest part to lead your high school team? And what do you think is your biggest struggle leading the team that's playing nationally? Well, it's easy like vocally for me because I'm like a loud person so I like am like it's really easy for me to like hype people up and get people's attention but um I guess honestly it's the same thing nationally like on my national team it's pretty much the same when it comes to baseball obviously there's different levels of competitors but is everybody on your softball team that you feel there with the same state of mind that you're at and if not how do you deal with the ones that might not be I think everyone is that the same, like, we we all are, have one goal in mind, but there's different levels of intensity. And so, like, it's hard to have some team, like, this is not this year, really, uh, but in the past, I've had teammates that, like... 
And for anybody that does listen to this, please understand, at no time is she downgrading any of her players. She is just explaining the fact of what it takes to become to the level of getting to a D1. Everybody says it, Mm -hmm. but they don't realize what it is. Yeah, and I okay, so this year my team is, like, really, like, all in. But in the past I've had teammates who party or, like, don't train on their own and like just go to practice two two hours a week for two days a week. I'm like, it's just, that's the most frustrating part because it's like not everyone is putting in the same amount of work as you, but we're all on the same team. It's like everyone should contribute, but that's not the way it works. And so then how do you, how do you feel this is going to make you succeed at the next level, understanding the dedication that you've committed and realizing that even at a college level, you might have to deal with some of that same adversity. And I just have realized, like, that's going to be everywhere I go, and the only thing I can really control is me. And so, like, as long as I'm putting my entire self into it, then that's all my team can expect of me. Is there anything that you wish you could change in these past four years of high school? No. I <laughs> Everything has happened for a reason, and, like, it's all made me into the player and person that I am. So Yeah, I really think, like, in particular, since I've known you, I mean, you've really grown quite a bit as mm-hmm. a person, you know. I mean, I think you've taken some honest feedback, and, and, and you know, you've battled through some adversity where, you know, you're splitting time and in high school and club and everything. And, you know, also you have some pretty big goals in your life and, and you know, kind of just put the head down and, and keep working. Yeah. It's, it's been interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, Brian, from your point of view, you know, when you see someone that comes in that's already talented, what, like, how do you find the adjustments that you can make for that person? Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, it, Ruby was really good, but you could also see that there's a lot more in there mm-hmm. and, and she was capable of a lot more. And to be honest, I don't have much of a softball program, like background and and understand how to teach pitching outside of like, you know, some particular movements and, and adjusting training schedule. But I think, you know, just, just given a a program and like an area facility that someone can kind of be themselves and try new things and and work hard. I mean, I think that's been the best thing for her. And, And so then you, obviously there's so many programs, there's so many different routes that you can go do you continue to try to find different challenges at different levels or are you kind of one that will stick with something for a while or are you still kind of trying to find something to get just a little bit more out of you? I think what we've done, like I've uh, started using the um, driveline throwing program and I started that, what, a year ago? Yeah, about a year and a half ago. And we switched up the, like, program a little bit with when and, like, October, November. Well, it, it's interesting because, you know, Ruby, we had some softball girls come here. And um, what Ruby's done, we've never really done before. A lot of it we just kind of created on the fly. Yeah. So we're like, hey, like, this is what we do in baseball. How, in like, overhand, how can we modify this to be underhand? And so a lot of it's like we've kind of grown together, honestly. I was going to say, together. so you're learning off of her. She's yeah. She's – Hoping and praying you're going to Yeah, I don't know why something. she put her trust in me, <laughs> to works. be honest. It like, worked. It's like, this is a weird dude that, you know, <laughs> is telling me throw a ball backwards, right? Yeah. Like, um, So that, that part's been interesting. But, you know, I mean, we kind of had to create that, and we had some just different goals. So 
you know, the one thing that is good about this, like we know what good pitchers look like. Mm -hmm. We know how hard good pitchers throw. Like we know how much good pitchers balls drop, like, or move or, or whatever it is. So I think with Ruby, it's, you know, Hey, here's how hard we're throwing today. Here's how hard we want to throw in the future. You know, here's what my drop ball looks like today. And here's what I want to get it to. And, and it's been a balance and like we've adjusted the program over time for the first year, it's really been about velocity, which is kind of crazy because mm -hmm. I think you came in throwing underhand, like probably what, 64, 66, yeah, 64. um, you know, and like, which is great in Nebraska. Um, but on a national scale, right? Like mm -hmm. when you watch the women's college world series, these girls are all throwing 70 or more. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the goal is never to be good in Nebraska. And that's yeah. what I like about Ruby is like, she wants to go to Washington and play, you know, and to do that and to, you know, potentially beyond that, it was, it was about throwing over 70 miles per hour. So we kind of had to create a program to get there. And then, then she's there. I mean, I think underhand recently you've been or what up to like 72. Uh, yeah. On the mound. Yeah. So, you know, she's there now, but now it's like, what's next. Yeah. So that, that's to, the first thing she asked, like, that's great. Like, but now I need to work on my spin. Right. Like, so it's, it's been pretty fun to watch. And, and so when you say on the mound, obviously I, I notice I, I do watch a little bit of softball. What, what makes the difference or why is it that it isn't mounded like baseball? I don't know why that is. It's probably just because it's closer. Okay. And like, I don't know, the motion's I, not downhill. Okay. What's the question? Explain to me again. So for me, I just understand in the mound because yeah, she just even said rubber, yeah. for here she can throw seventy two off the mound. Is it yeah. just the downward? Is it the angles? Is like it, my, uh, no. So I think like so we're talking about yeah. This comes from like the baseball thing that we do. So like with our baseball players, we do what's called like a run and gun throw. Yeah, yeah. You know they're running. It's like a curl hop throw. You're throwing the net as hard as you can, right? And there's a pretty good correlation between how hard you are throwing with a run and gun that like also your mound, you know, your pitching velocity is going to increase too. So we took that same model in softball. We're like, let's get some momentum going and let's chuck the ball as hard as we can. So in, we've been up to 75, yeah, like 75. a lot of times doing that, but you're, you're harnessing a little bit of energy and momentum in that throw. But you know, the more we've done that, it's correlated really well to pitching off the rubber and mm -hmm. it's gone up and you know, she can do that 75. Like now she can throw underhand 72. So it's just, I mean, okay. kind of all this stuff we've been honestly experimenting Slowly together yeah. and figuring out together and it keeps working out, you know, with luck or hard work <laughs> or it's something like that. So. Well, and, and of course uh, when we talk baseball, there's always something in the future. Mm -hmm. There's always a goal. There's something, what is, if, if I'm a female softball player listening right now, or even a parent who continues to pay a lot of money mm -hmm. for softball, what is the long run for a softball player compared to a baseball player? You don't have the MLB. No. Um, obviously, college. You want to do big things in college. But after college, there's a league. And you can play in that. But the biggest thing would be the Olympics. Is That's like the highest up you could go. And do you know, like, the route that you would have to go? Like, have you really thought of it that way? The reason I ask is we just had a 15-year-old uh, wrestler on our show, mm -hmm. um, Reagan Rossiter from Westside. Mm -hmm. um, they obviously just got sanctioned as female wrestling. She's actually going to France in May to wrestle at the 
and obviously the Olympics in 2024 is in France. So, of course, I'm glad that you brought up the Olympics. What is, do you know what the route is to get there for softball? There's not, so this summer there will be tryouts for the U19 team, and so, like, that's the USA, like, junior Olympic team, and so if you make that, it doesn't guarantee that you'll make the Olympic team. Um, but then for that, you get to travel, like, I think they went to, like, Peru and Colombia last fall, and then you do that, and then usually most Olympic softball players are, like, graduated, so most of them range from, like, 25 to 35, so there's not necessarily, like, a, like you have to try out, and you have to get invited to the tryout, and then it's, like, a series of, like, a week tryouts. Do you know how colleges accept this, or what their thoughts are behind it? Is it something that they allow you to go... I mean, you're on scholarship. Yep. So you're on a contract, so I didn't know how that goes. Why don't you tell them who the Olympic coach is? Oh, my my college coach <laughs> is the Olympic coach. Okay, so, or she, she is. Yep. She is game for it, but do you, yes. do you know how that all goes, or...? I don't... Well, most of the time... So the tryouts are, like, in the summer, so you're done... Or, no, they might be in the... I don't know. They're either in the winter or the summer. You're not playing when they're going on, and so, like... I don't know how that works. I know, like, Rachel Garcia, UCLA pitcher, was going to miss out last season. I don't remember if she ended up missing or not, but that just is kind of up to you and, like, your staff, I guess. Okay, and then obviously let's ask, what is the goal after softball? What is what is Ruby going to do in this world so far that you feel? Like after softball? Yeah. What's mm. the after softball? Cause I am <laughs> trying to figure that out. What are you going to major in? I'm trying to figure that. I don't know. There's a couple of different routes. I'm really, I'm really into nutrition or exercise science. I don't really know. Can I tell you my secret goal for Ruby? What's that? I want her to come back and work for me. So, <laughs> oh well, she I knows mean, this though. Yeah, he knows. I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty simple. But well, I mean, I'm working. I like the fact of everything that she's talking about, though. Like mm-hmm. it's it's beyond the game, and and but still finding a way to give back because obviously nutrition. What what would you say your weekly intake is when it comes to calories and stuff like is that something that softball players have to worry about as much or I never did until last year I would say and then I really wanted to like put everything into softball so I was like okay what I want every little detail that I can do to make myself the best player I can be so like I wanted to see the best results in the weight room so like once I started following a program not a specific program I kind of like figured it out myself and like talked to my strength coaches about it. But like once I figured that out, I started seeing bigger results. So ever since then, um, I don't know, I'd say I probably eat around like 3000 calories a day, but it's all clean. And like, I, yeah, it's all clean, like real clean or real is clean. it, or is it she radio won't even clean? like eat, eat ice cream no. clean, like all in no ice yeah. cream. Very rarely, maybe like once a month. I mean, isn't that like the celebration with the girls and with the teammates? Yeah. And, like, how did those it's things embarrassing go? Sometimes, like, the other day, all my team was together and they ordered pizzas and I brought chicken and rice that I just ate by myself. <laughs> it's a little embarrassing. I mean, it's just always fascinating to me. It's just the different levels of commitment. You know, I mean, you, it just it takes what it takes sometimes. And that's like her system that works for her. And, it's incredible how dedicated elite athletes are to their process. And if if there's a parent that has a young softball player and 
what would be some words of wisdom that you would talk to them about just even like how in depth they really should go? I mean, every kid's different and you want kids to enjoy the game, but you don't want them to feel like they're, I mean, you, you decided like Brian said at a really young age of sixth grade that, Hey, this is what I want. But did you ever get a feeling of burnt out in any of it or? I've been lucky enough, like not to, but I think that's because my parents have never had to push me to do anything like, and they'll say that themselves too. Like I was always the one asking to go hit with my dad or go throw like, I'm the one who comes here every day by myself. Like, I never asked my parents to do anything like that. Like, they have never had to push me once, which is really, I mean, that doesn't happen a lot. Like, I even girls my age, like, sometimes their parents have to, like, go go hit. Like, that's never had to, I've never had to do that. So, I think that's honestly why I haven't, because it's all come from me. And if I need a day off, I can take a day off. But I usually, <laughs> I usually don't want to. <laughs> Days off are not for the wicked, that's for sure. <laughs> and for the level that you want to play at, with some of the ones that you do coach, I mean, do you feel like you can have that talk with them about understanding what the dedication is? Yeah, and I tell them, I'm like, you guys you guys have to go do this yourself. Like, your parents shouldn't have to tell you to go throw. Like, you need to do that yourself. And if I have to tell you that's fine, like, I can do that. But your parents shouldn't have to drag you into it. And when you look at, you know, your relationship with coaches, do is there any any time where they will have to go, all right, we need you to step back for a moment? Like, are you are you the one that's constantly trying to push people or are you the one that it depends? I am. But at the same time, like everyone has to decide for themselves how much they want to put into it. So, like, I try my best to motivate people and my teammates. But if they don't want to take it, then they don't. That's their choice. Like The one thing that I want to tell you, and the only reason I say it is because, like, I'm one that's constantly preaching, mm-hmm. you know, and, and trying to help people find their motivation. Always remember, even with the big hearts that we have of wanting other people to succeed, I think you've already said it, but we cannot want it more than they want yep. it. And when you do... You have to find a way to separate and realize that you're still on your track. The reason I say it is because it is easy to fall off of mm-hmm. your track because you are worried about helping that other get over that hump. But remember, people are watching just as you went from a Jordy Ball person who was disappointed because she was taking your spot to one that now understands, okay, this is what got me to where I am today. Yeah. And I, I think it's when you at the age that you are can realize the whys mm-hmm. and, and actually analyze it instead of going, I mean, cause anybody could have told you, Hey, go play somewhere else, mm-hmm. go do something else. Like if you think of it now, if that was to happen, what, what do you think? Like, how do you think you would approach that or would you, or have you been approached? And you don't have to say no names, no nothing, but I'm pretty sure someone has said something to you along yep. those lines of, there's other worries. Yeah. There's other places. I just think, like, Nebraska Gold is who I've played for since I was in, what, eighth, seventh, eighth grade. Like, I I feel like I owe so much to them because they've done a lot for me. And so, like, I yes, I've gotten other programs have reached out and said, like, come play for us. And I'm like, no, like, I think that's selfish. Like, I've been with my same team for five years now. Like, I'm going to finish it out with them. Like, they're like my sisters. Like, 
And now what if you have, and you probably have had some sisters that did take that other route. Mm -hmm. What's your feeling as far as the family feeling and the sisterhood? Like, do you take it like everybody else should and just go, okay, they're going to find what's better for them? Or has it affected a few relationships? Um, I've been lucky enough to not have too many that have left, but it's hard. But like, if that's what they want and that's what's best for them, then that's okay. And have you been able to have a relationship still with yes. them outside yep. of it? Because I think that's the number one thing is, is by the sounds of it, you have family that supports whatever you decide. Mm-hmm. You have family that won't turn their back against someone if they're obviously not on your team no more. But also, you take it by the horns when it comes to one of the hardest challenges in the world of defeat. I mean, yeah. anybody could look at it and go, oh, I didn't get the starting spot. I, I deserve it. I but instead, it, it, it's obviously grown you to be the person. And do you think, has coaches brought that to your attention of going, hey, we saw how you took that challenge and rolled it, besides obviously Brian advocated for it, obviously seeing what he's seen. But as your scut coach, Washington, even Washington, is there stuff that they've seen you improve on that part? I think, well, especially my club coaches, like they realized that like that was huge. Like my coach, Larry Swift, he says that like, having Jordan on my team was, like, the best thing to ever happen to me because that pushed me to be so much better and, like, be a better teammate, too. Like, there were days that I'd pitch – we'd play four games, she'd pitch three, I'd pitch one. But that one time that, like, my team needed me for that one game, I was there, and then the rest of the time I was, like, cheering her on. I tell you, it's – it's so hard to see someone be so so mature for their – for where they're at in life and but it starts at home Mm -hmm. it starts with the people that you interact with because at any time people can look for a benefit in what you're given instead of the outlet of how could I get them to be better people in general and so when you look at all the avenues that you've encountered what has been your biggest beneficial encounterment that has grown you to who you are is it is it the fact of having to come from being at the bottom is it the fact of being a leader at all times is like I think the hardest thing for me was I used to be like pretty selfish like I was always worried about what like how I was doing like even if we we would lose if I did good I was okay with that but like I have completely like changed that perspective and I've just that was the hardest part for me to like realize that the game's bigger than me and like my teammates and coaches and all the people around me are more important than that. And and when it comes to the more important people uh, probably one of the hardest thing is when someone doesn't uh, when you see someone act the way that you have acted before mm-hmm. how does that what does that do for you? Like how do you react to it? What are some things that you take from it more than reacting to it. Sometimes it's just like an honest conversation. Like, Hey, like I've been there. Like you have to not be selfish. And that's, that's really hard. Like in a game like this where it's literally stat driven and like everything that you're doing is like a number. And it's really hard to see like, Oh my God, I'm batting 150. Like what is going on? And then you make it about you, but it's like, so if there's one thing that you could say that you've taken from Scut and you've left your legacy on, what would it be? Oh, God. Um, 
What's the what's the one legacy that everybody's going to know Ruby for when it comes to Scott? Oh god. Um well we won two state titles. <laughs> um that was really Okay, so here. Um my freshman year, we we were like seated third or fourth, so we weren't expected to win state and so we didn't and that was okay. I wasn't that like worried about it at first in my freshman year. And then my sophomore year, we were seated number 1 and we lost to the 8 seed it was Seward twice. And so after that, oh, God, that was painful. I was sad for, like, weeks. And then I finally decided, okay, like, let's go. Um, and then the next two years, we won state twice, and so that was awesome. And so then when you look at back on that exact moment, obviously you couldn't have done it alone. Mm-hmm. Was this something that everybody came together that was still a part of the team, and, or was it – some half on, half off when it came Everyone to that. was all in. Um, obviously, it's hard with the high school team because you have so many girls and people of all different levels because it's like in high school, you get who you get. You don't like have like a club team where you can bring people on. It's like high school is who you have, who you have. So our coaches were really big in like having us all in. And our seniors, like my junior year, our seniors are really good leaders and like having us all with one common goal. Tell us more about the summer team last year with Nebraska Gold. And I mean, you guys had a, an amazing run, like mm-hmm. great summer going up and, and winning the national championship, um, like on national TV, on ESPN, right? Like, what was last summer like and, and what did that do for you as a player? Uh, last summer was like literally the most fun thing ever. Um, we had a lot of goals and it was a lot of like, hard work, but we also had so much fun together. Like, my team, we were the closest group of girls you'll ever see. Like, we had a bunch of team trips, and so, like, our parents wouldn't go sometimes, so we were all in, like, hotel rooms together. Like, we were crazy. We were so obnoxious, but it was so much fun. And um, just, like, to be on that high level of a team and be surrounded by that many, like, amazing players. Like, everyone on that team was a super high-level softball player. It just, like, helped me elevate my game a lot to watch how the other girls worked and how they competed and their mental toughness and stuff like that. And, and you, you brought a good point about the atmosphere of what is created by the group of people that you're around. Mm-hmm. How important are the team outings besides the softball games? And, and what do you think are some of the key things that – other teams should really start to look into that led to some of your success of growing together just like being together is super important because the more you trust each other and the closer you are it's way easier to play like when you're playing on a new team with a bunch of girls you don't know it's really hard to like communicate but when you guys like we knew each other so well and we were all super close and so like I think that helped us on the field and especially when it was like a tough game like we were behind or something like we still trusted each other and like everyone was like rooting for each other she said two big things that, like, you just don't hear nowadays. And because you've said it, it's a sport of me and my mm-hmm. stats. Yeah. But when you gain the trust of the people, the other eight people on the diamond, along with the dugout, because I don't care what anybody says, a dugout is just as important as oh, the people on sure. the field. Because if the energy's down in the dugout, it's it's out. Yeah. And if you look at all those things tied together when it comes to softball, the teamwork, the, the like, how do you think this portrays what Nebraska Gold has brought to this area 
to be able to grab from here, there, and everywhere. Because it isn't like it's a, a scut team or, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know in basketball, I know of some realms of some kids traveling from Lincoln just to come to Omaha to be on a team because of that atmosphere. Well, we have girls from, last year we had girls from Colorado, and then everyone else was from Nebraska. Oh, no, we had South Dakota too. This year we have South Dakota, Minnesota, Colorado, um, I know on a couple of our younger teams, there's girls from Canada. So how do you how do you guys practice? For the most part, we're all there. Um, Ava Kuzak, who's on my team from Colorado, she flies in almost every weekend. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, the girls from South Dakota and Minnesota they drive down. Pretty Are much you serious. Yeah, they don't. They're not expected to make the week practices. Obviously, that'd be really hard. But the weekends, they usually get there. Dude, this is like softball yeah, on a whole nother <laughs> level. Softball's crazy. It's on another level. You know, but going back to like what you're talking about, the culture within that team, you know, I think it was really evident watching you guys on the SPN. Mm-hmm. And um, how many extra innings did you guys play in that game? I think it was, I think we went 10. So it was three extra innings. Three extra innings. And so either two or three. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So Ruby was, you're the four hole hitter, right? Yep. You're the cleanup hitter. And, and in that game, there was no chance that team was going to give Ruby a chance to beat him. How many times did you get intentionally walked that game, Ruby? <laughs> four. I had four at-bats and four intentional walks. So, you know, going back and, and when they're doing that and, like, you know, pitching the Jordy and, you know, other people are going to have to make an impact on that game. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think of, like, what she says in culture and how they just fought and Jordy pitched. It was, it was, it was, it was one of the most fun games I've watched mm-hmm. and – and seeing them compete, it was, it was really cool. And, and when you talk about these, kind of, like, for baseball, you can't stay in Omaha and get the right challenge. Mm-hmm. You're just not. Yep. People don't come to Omaha unless it's during the College World Series, and you'll get some of the big teams. Mm-hmm. But you have to travel. I believe softball is at Oklahoma City is, like, one of the big areas, or Tulsa. Like We go to Tulsa um every summer and then Oklahoma City every summer and then we play in Kansas City quite a bit Colorado is a big one we're like the week in Colorado there's three different national tournaments going on so like literally every somewhat competitive team in the country is there and then California is nationals so we're all over the place so if you look at your traveling through these years where has been your favorite and like if you could go tomorrow, you're going right back there to play ball. Huntington Beach, California. We've been there twice, and it's so much fun every time because you only play – okay, so the tournament is like 10 or 12 days long, and so, like, you play one game a day or two. And Compared then, to, like, the three, four that yep. you could do. So, like, if you go to, like, Kansas City for a weekend, you'll play three or four, five games in a day. But, like, California is super fun because you might play at 8 a.m. and then you're done by 10, and you can go to the beach and – do whatever you want. It's so much fun. Now, in the softball world, has there been a aha moment of meeting someone that you grew up wanting to meet or anything of that that you got to experience? Yeah, so last summer, I was chosen to play on the PGF All-American um, team. So we played, like, a game. It was the junior versus, juniors versus the sophomores. So And Jenny Finch was there, and she – I watched her when I was younger. She played for Arizona and the Olympic team, and I got to meet her. It was super cool. And now did, now you got to be honest with us because, I mean, I – you know, there's one thing that I always have to say. Now, were you the one that can be around her, or were you the one that was, like, so – 
set, uh, shell-shocked in the moment. I could be her. I was okay. I mean, I was a little nervous at first, but I was okay. And once you got going, everything was, yeah, it was smooth fine. sailing. Yep. And then the reason I say it is because, of course, like, we got an interview. I got to interview Eric Strickland. So I play a video game when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I'd always put this guy on my team <laughs> for basketball every time. <laughs> and so then for him to answer and me to have a surreal conversation, mm-hmm. it it's mind-boggling to find out how much – one, you're a like of a lot of these people, yeah. and two, they struggled the same way that you've mm-hmm. went through struggles. And if you look at one any of your struggles that you've experienced so far up to this point, what do you think has probably been the hardest one? Just like the the honest conversations that you have to have sometimes. Like sometimes you don't want to hear that you're not working hard enough or like that someone's better than you, but those are honestly the things that make you better. So, like, yes, they're hard when you have to talk about them and hear them, but it usually turns out to be something good. And and when you look at your regimen of what you've had to do with the team this summer, the Nebraska Gold, how do you think that prepares you for your senior year and obviously going into – I mean, obviously you won it at a a national level to the fact of where you're on ESPN. So does that make it easier going into – the D1 world, or do yeah. you think it... I feel really prepared, because, like, okay, so every team we played last summer, there were, like, Power 5 commits on every single team, so it's, like, I saw the highest level pitching that ever, and I have I pitched against the best hitters in the country. Like, I, I feel pretty prepared, and then I have a whole other summer of that, too, so... And you're, you're playing one more year with the Nebraska I have Nebraska one more year, yep. Right now? Mm-hmm. And so how how long into the summer does that go, and then when do you have to report to Washington? So they play – my team will play all summer. I have to report June 17th, and then I go for four weeks. I'll train. I'll go to school, lift and stuff, and then I come home and then go straight – like I come home for like two days, go straight to California for two weeks. Then I get to come home until like – middle of September, but I think I might go, I, I don't know, like second week of September. And then you start the college life. And then, yep. And then we start, like, there's a short fall season. I don't even know if we're going to play a fall season. Last year, they only played like one weekend. So is that like a recommended thing for you guys? Like you as a freshman coming in or you'll, what do you mean? Like the, the fall. So, well, every college team plays that. So, I mean, you don't have to, like, it just depends for each school, but some teams play like a 10-game season or something, you have, like, a month of practice, and then you... Yeah, you get so many scrimmages. And so yeah, you f- you pretty much feel like being able to go from Scut to Nebraska Gold in the year mm-hmm. prepares you for everything that you're going to experience when it comes to D1 because, of course, here in, in Nebraska, we play softball in the mm-hmm. fall for yep. girls yep. when it comes to school, but at college, it's just like baseball. It's in yeah. the same springtime. And that obviously has to prepare you for what you're going to be seeing. What do you think is going to be one of your biggest struggles in college? And what do you think is going to be your easiest part of college? Softball. College softball? Softball. The hardest part, hmm, seeing really good pitching all the time, I think. Like, even sometimes now we see, like, crappy pitching and then it boosts your average a little bit, but then – I think that yeah, like it's gonna every team you play is gonna be really tough. Um, what was it? What's your easiest transition you think will be? Um, 
I think I'll be fine with like all the workouts and stuff and like all the training. I think I've prepared myself enough for that. Are you going to be okay with the way that if they talk to you about eating differently or any of that? <laughs> I think they like the way I eat. <laughs> We've talked about it. Well, that's always good. Yeah. That's always good. Well, I greatly appreciate having you on the show. And, and I hope that if there's a softball player out there that, you know, just takes one listen to what it takes and, and the dedication, if there's mm -hmm. what's what's something that you wish people would understand when it comes to even your high school career of how you might have missed something, but you knew what's on the other side. Is there anything that some people have to realize you have to kind of give up some things? Um, yeah, like I miss out on a lot of like hanging out with friends and stuff. Like some nights I have to come here and train instead. And like sometimes I'm hanging out with my friends, but I have to leave at 930 because I need to be in bed by 10 and stuff like that. It's just like you kind of have to make sacrifices, but there is a way to do both. Like I have a really good social life. Like I, I hang out with my friends all the time, but you have to make sacrifices. Like I might not be able to do everything they get to do. Like I might not be able to go on a senior trip this summer because I'm playing softball. And so it's stuff like that. And so then what do you think is the easiest part for people, for your girlfriends who don't play softball mm -hmm. to adjust with what you do? And what do you think is the hardest part for them to adjust? Well, they just know, like <laughs> the other day I was at my friend's house. I think it what, what was like Friday or Saturday and I was like, all right, guys, I'm leaving. It's like nine. And they're like, where are you going? I was like, to bed. I have to lift in the morning. Like, I got to get up at five. And they're like, Ruby, it's Saturday. And I'm like, so, like, I have to go to bed. So that's that's the hardest part. But, like, they know and they support me and all that. Like, they know, like, they're like, okay, we're going out to eat. We got to make sure they have something on the menu for Ruby. <laughs> when you have to go out to eat and you got to double check the menu <laughs> i mean that's a dedication yeah and it's not everybody has that dedication and i uh, to hear you at 17 instilled with a lot of things at the 18 mm -hmm. all those things to be instilled is is you're going to do amazing things as you continue and hopefully you'll find what you want to do when it comes to college mm -hmm. you have four years yeah. live it up enjoy it um but we greatly appreciate it <laughs> Well, hopefully you enjoyed yourself and hopefully yep. you feel a lot more comfortable. We greatly appreciate anybody that tunes into Wired Access. We obviously release a new episode every week. And once again, we have Ruby Malin from Omaha Scott High School. She also played on the Nebraska Gold, who won the championship last year. I learned that obviously today. And she is going to go play softball in Washington and show what she has to the Pac-12. <laughs> and hopefully one day we'll hear of a pitching duel between her and Jordy Ball. <laughs> has there been one of those? Um, we've played each other my junior year and her senior year in high school ball. But that's it. And you're talking about the senior year when they didn't lose any games, right? No, we lost. It was 3-1. to one. Okay. Wait, no. Yeah, I think it was 3-1. to one. It's weird how they remember those scores. Like, yeah. they, they know... Hopefully the next one's in Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on notice. What is Washington getting from Ruby Malin? Hmm. Oh God. Um. What do you like? I don't know. I don't what do you like want the fans to know? What What is What is Ruby? Why 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 would they want Ruby from Omaha, <laughs> Nebraska, to come to Washington to play softball? Um. I'm pretty good. <laughs> I I throw hard. I 
strike a lot of people out. I hit a lot of home runs, and I bring a lot of energy on the field. Well, Washington, I hope you're ready. I know I'm ready to watch from a distance with Brian, of course. And once again, this is Wired Access, and we'll see you next time.